Happy New Year almost, all right? <laughs> okay, all right, we're going to get a running start at uh, 2018 right here. First of all, I want to thank all of the kids that are here. Uh, thank you guys for a lot of reasons, but your youth, but thank you for helping me get through I'm going to view that holy city without the mess-ups I usually do. I just looked down here, and I was able to keep up with these guys, so thank you so much. Many times I get twisted in a knot trying that, you know. Uh, did everyone have a good holiday? Good Christmas? Merry Christmas? Okay, okay, yes! Yes, it was great! You know what, uh, Deb and I are so glad just to be back and see everybody here. Uh, we had a blast. We were in North Carolina with Deb's brother, his family, and then Brittany, our daughter, uh, our son-in-law, John, and our two new little grandsons, uh, Huck, two, and Wyatt, 13 weeks. They all, we all came together and were in a cabin in North Carolina, and it was a blast. I mean, we had the time of our lives, and Deb and I are exhausted right now. <laughs> Six o'clock every morning, here's a little knock on our door, Huck's. Huck's there, Papa, Nana, you know, come on, it's like 6 o'clock, it's like, and you know, we don't get time, so hey, bag sleep, we're up, we're running around the cabin, and we're thinking, one day this is going to catch up for it, to us. So we got back late Friday night, and uh, it was great, we got to see some people uh, a Saturday morning, and then Saturday afternoon, uh, we got with Mark and Leslie Thompson and Leslie's parents. Mike and Jean Grogan. Some of you probably remember them when the Thompsons were out here. We loved them to pieces. Dear friends, and we had planned this before, you know, we left on our vacation. So I'm hearing about a winter storm, and I'm thinking, oh no, is this going to, but God was merciful, and uh, we spent the entire afternoon with them and had a blast. So uh, in order to just keep the goodness going, see, it's all very good. I get up this morning with this eye kind of stuck shut. I'd like to say swollen shut, but there was a lot of seepage that pretty well glued it together. And so I'm thinking, oh no, Sundays of all days. Now, is this conjunctivitis? And Deb goes, I haven't gotten it yet, so I don't think it's, you know, it's, it's whatever it is. What, conjunctivitis, but what do you call it when it's... When you can give it to somebody... Contagious, that's it. I am still so sleep deprived, okay? But I'm going to do my best to stay awake on you guys during this time, all right? If I start dropping and drool starts coming out, somebody help, help the old guy out. So anyway, I'm sitting there going on Sunday of all things. What am I going to do? I need to call some guys, get them ready, but it may not be contagious. So Deb calls one of these uh, uh, urgent care places, you know? And we go there, and, you know, the whole time, they're trying to take my blood pressure. And I'm on blood pressure medicine anyway. Three times they took it, it's sky high. And Deb is saying, Sheridan, just think, think about St. Thomas in the Virgin <laughs> Islands. See, that works for her. But when you're telling me to not be stressed out, I'm thinking, why should I not be stressed out? What's going on here? I've got to be somewhere at 11. I've got to do a sermunion at 11 because we changed this whole thing because of the weather. So what do you mean don't be stressed out thinking of St. Thomas? I'm thinking about preaching at St. Thomas, man, you know. 
So I never did get a good reading, so something else may happen, but you know what? At least I'll get some good rest. That's the way I'm looking at it right now. But it is good to see you. I'm going to give you a hug when I see you, but it's going to be kind of one of these hugs because it's not contagious, but I don't really want to find out for your sake, okay? That's just the kind of guy I'm going to be here, all right? But you guys, it is so good to see everyone here. It really is. Uh, we had a blast, but we also are so thankful to be home here. Uh, we're going to take the communion here in just a few minutes. Some of you are thinking, okay, Sheridan, define few minutes. I understand that you guys realize that my concept of time is a little bit fluid, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll, in some messages, I'll, I'll say, you know, and as we're winding down, you're thinking, we've got 15 minutes more to go here, man. No. But I'm going to try and do this quick here. Um, but I want you guys to think about this. Think about Christmas. Think about your gifts. Think about, and maybe if this Christmas wasn't what you wanted to be, think about one time in your life you got something that was really awesome. Was It's something you wanted. And think about how you feel when that happens. You know, it's like, it's weird, even though you know it's, it's a thing, you kind of feel a sense of maybe completeness, a sense of joy, a sense of excitement, a sense of, you know, it's almost like life's just not the same. I got something, and life's just not the same. It's not only good, it's very, very good. To prepare us for communion, I want to talk about two gardens and a city. Okay? And I'm going to start in Genesis 1. Garden number 1. Garden number 1. In verse 27 of Genesis chapter 1. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the uh, birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be your food. And to all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds of the air, and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. You know, sometimes we look at that word, blessed. God bless them. And we picture like an older person putting their, patting a little child on the head and saying, bless you, sonny, or bless you, little daughter. And this whole idea of, of God blessing kind of loses its power. When God blesses, God fulfills. God creates whole. God gives every need and takes care of every need. That's what this is talking about here. Adam and Eve had no needs. Adam and Eve were different from us in that we have needs. Now, I'm not talking about physical needs. God created, but even that, 
they would never go hungry. They would never be without because everything belonged to them. And they were taken care of. But more than that, emotional needs. Soul needs. Every need. They didn't get bored. They weren't anxious. They weren't afraid. They weren't seeking approval from other people and going on. They were complete. They were whole. They were blessed. There was no need. So they were able to enjoy life and each other. There was no funniness. There was no jealousy. There was no competition. There was no arguments to be, you know, reconciled and things like that. They were blessed. It was an amazing, it was a garden that God set up for you and me, mankind. That we would not have any need. That we would be whole. That we wouldn't have to yearn and strain for value or significance or importance, but we would be all of those things in and of ourselves. Totally fulfilled. Totally complete. Now you think, well, you know, man, that's kind of boring because isn't the, the joy and the struggle? No, no. You find the joy and the struggle only because you are incomplete and imperfect. Amen? Amen, amen, okay, okay. Robin's my amen corner for today, alright? But you, you do that. There are times, though, you know, I would try and, let, let's put on a happy face. Let's enjoy the, the, the struggle. And yet, for my, me, I didn't like it. I didn't want it. And there are times I doubted God for it. Because I'm thinking, why can't I just be whole here? Why can't I just have this? You know, some, I'm so proud of this group for 2017. And some of you are thinking, well, boy, there were still some things we we're, we're always going to have things we need to work on. All right? Uh, amen? I got another amen corner. Sarah's, Sarah's stepping up here. Amen corner here. I got things. I look at some of the things I wanted to do for you guys, and I'm disappointed that I didn't, I don't feel like I did it for you. I didn't give, help you grow in your faith the way I wanted to, but you grew. You did grow in your faith. You grew, many of you, 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 your whole way of thinking is changing and growing and learning to think the way Jesus does. And that fills my heart with joy. And it makes me excited about 2018 and what we can do there as we serve God and as we live for Him. So that is exciting. But notice how we're talking about this. What does that mean? We're still yearning, we're still, because we're not whole yet. So what happened? This garden was great. It was everything we want. Every joy you get and a gift you give or a promotion or anything, this was it on steroids. <laughs> you were everything you needed to be. But then we know what happened. Man decided, you know what? This is great. But I could be like God. I could decide what's good and what's bad. And so, from that point on, we have struggle. We have frustration. We have anxiety. We have challenges emotionally. We have racism. We have abuse of women, of men, of, of races. We have pride. We have lying. We have anger. We have lust. We have all of this stuff. And in all of those situations that we've all experienced, I've been there, we feel incomplete. We feel ashamed. We feel frustrated. And that isn't what God had created for.
That's the first garden. Let's go to the city. Revelation 21. We start with the beginning and we go to the end here. Revelation 21. Verse 1. In the revelation this, that was given to John, the angel gives him a view into what is going to happen. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and He will live with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be as God, and he will be my child. First garden started off fulfilled, we're whole. No needs, no struggle, no frustration, no anxiety. Then it happens. We wanted to be God, so we got all of that, right? The city, where we're going to, what's it going to be like? Wholeness, healing, completion. There will be no need, because God Himself is going to be your God. Well, He's my God now. Yes, but in this world, we see darkly. One day we will see face to face. In this world, we still have, we're, we're not complete yet. We are forgiven though. He's committed to us, but we don't know what it's like to be without any frustration, without any pain, without any crying, without any of that, because we're in a fallen world. And we're trying to help other people come home to God. But what's happening where He's taken us to this city, there'll be none of that. Right now, what are you frustrated with? Right now, what are you anxious about? What are you afraid of? What is it? And I want you to think, you will never, ever, ever experience that. God Himself has guaranteed it. God Himself is a source of life. You don't have to look to be approved by anyone else because God Himself is your approval. You don't have to be loving or anything because you automatically will be. You will not have to try. This is where you're heading. It was great. Deb and I got to see Giovanna yesterday, and uh, they're about ready to close on their new house. We're excited for you guys. That's awesome. Great place. Great place. So we were there, and uh, Giovanna and I were talking. We're talking about the Hammonds, and uh, just them being here and speaking. Of course, people loved, obviously, Guy's sermon, which was amazing. 
But, you know, she was talking about Kathy. And she was talking about how coming here, she thought it may be a sad time. You know, when Kathy's speaking, you know, she's got, what, six more months, the doctors say, six to eight months to live with this brain tumor. It's growing. It's impairing all of this stuff. And she goes, you know, and I, I was saying it's going to be sad. Boy, I left so inspired. You know why that is? It's because Kathy is with God right now. It's because Kathy knows that where she's going in a short while, there will be no more pain or crying or sadness. Kathy knows that she's going to be complete. There will be no more frustration or anxiety. She's not going to have to worry about how, what about Guy and the kids or any of that. All that's gone. Completion. Perfection. And so she's up here sharing about her relationship with God and the peace that passes all understanding. That's the city that the Father has given each one of us. For those of you that are studying the Bible, that's the city. That's where he wants you to go. That's where he's trying to take you. No more crying or pain or tears. The old order of things will pass away. Tonight we'll celebrate the beginning of a new year. But with God, every day is the beginning of a new life. We can make a start anytime because of who he is. So, we got one garden, we've got a city. But between the two stands the other garden. And let's go to Mark 14 as we get ready to partake of the Lord's Supper. As you're turning there, you know, when you keep reading in Genesis 2 and 3 about man making the wrong choice, wanting to be like God, you know, it, it's so different than the way we view God at times. You know, some, sometimes some of us struggle, and I've done this, guys, where, you know, I'm just trying to do everything right. I want to please God. I want to be His. So I, that means do everything right. That's true. That's true. But there are times I can, I'm not letting God allow him to make me do the things right. I'm trying to just get his approval. And what happens with that is, is he almost becomes the taskmaster. He's there somewhere apart from me. His arms are folded. Come on, boy. I forgave you your sins, and I'll do something with it. And that's almost how I see him. When you read Genesis 3, they wanted to be like God. They separated from God. What does God do? He makes clothing for them. And he's thinking, you know what? If I keep them in this garden, they will live forever fallen, forever frustrated, forever anxiety-ridden, forever fearful, forever. They'll do that. So I will drive them out of the garden from the tree of life. So that they will, the old will pass away, and I will make all things new. In this garden I'm going to read about, that's what God is doing. God is coming down amidst the frustration, the anxiety, everything you and I face, the shame. And God is wrestling with that in the garden. Why? He wants to know, what does this feel like? Because I'm going to perfect Robin mine. 
and Deb Wright and Wendy and Daniel and Sarah and Daryl. I'm going to perfect them. So I want to know, what is it like? What is it like to really hurt, to feel pain, to not, you know, to have doubt, to wrestle with that? What is that like? Instead of staying there, we see God in the garden. And it's in this garden that we got our ticket punched for the city. Let's read. Verse 32, Mark 14. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Sometimes we can be so afraid of what people will think of us because we're afraid they will betray us. And with social media, I feel for our teens here. I feel for it. I mean, I used to do a lot of dumb things on my own and make mistakes, and I just have to swear groups of people, don't say anything, all right? I'm going to tell on you, all right? But this idea of things being pictured and flashed out there into the universe that lives on forever, I feel we got to keep encouraging our teens, encourage ourselves. They're going to do that to us, too. Big brother is here, all right? But, you know, we worry, and we worry about what people will think of us, and we get afraid. Here's Jesus. Facing all of that, he's going to be betrayed. Here's Jesus saying, I'm overwhelmed. I can't, I can barely stand the anxiety, the fear, this is what humans go through. This is the consequence of their sin. Here's Jesus saying, look, you know, Father, with you all things are possible. You know, God, if you're so great, why did this happen? That's kind of, that's the trend of thinking that starts. With you all things are possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want what you want. So God, what do you want? I want Jim and Carrie and Brian and Gloria. You know, and, and all of us here. Logan, you, everyone here. I want them to be complete. I want them to be completely healed. I want them to be everything they were created to be. I want all of the challenges. I want Jim and Judy and Eric and Gap and Dwight, and we'll just keep on going. All of us. I want Sheridan to not have to worry about things, to not 
think, okay, I've got to get to church because I've got to do the right thing and help people, which I want to, but blood pressure, I want him to be able to know that really, it's always going to work out. I don't want him to ever worry. And I want him to not have that red eye all the time. <laughs> swollen shut in the morning. I want him to be able to look and say, all things are new, and I am complete. Right there, we see God kneeling, praying to God, who has taken us to heaven, saying, is there any other way? And the answer is no. And now you're going to go through the final act of humanity, and that is death. But that final act has no finality to it, because I'm going to raise you from the dead to make a statement that I make all things new. Yep. Two gardens and a city. One garden, everything that was intended for us. One city, everything that will be for us. And that garden in the middle, where God himself wrestled, went to the cross, so that all of our sins not only would be forgiven, but would continue to be forgiven. That he would come to live within us, and now start putting us in the process of growing more and more into his image, so that at the finish line, we are whole, we are complete. Meanwhile, we're free from condemnation. With all the things we still have to deal with, doesn't matter. We got time. He's on our side. He's dealing with them. He just keeps that us forgiven so that he can keep changing us. And we turn around and we help our fellow man to understand the good news. Think about this. Picture that garden as we take the uh, bread that represents the body of Jesus. As we take the fruit of the vine that represents his uh, blood. Think about that. He's wrestling for you. He won it for you. You are not stuck. Any stuckness is an apparent stuckness. There's just something you've got to learn, as we all have to. But you are free, and you're heading to a city. You're heading to complete wholeness, and right now, God has taken you each step of the way, and you're going to be okay. It happened there, in that garden in between the first garden and the city. Let's go to our Father in prayer.